so as a way of introduction, my name is Chinonso Ogwogo. Um, I'm from Nigeria. Um, I'm based here in Lagos, Nigeria. I'm the founder CEO of Sabi Writers. Sabi Writers is a African writing company based here in Lagos, Nigeria, providing writing services to individuals, organizations, and um, government institutions across Africa. So, um, an abridged introduction, so we can go deep into that. <laughs> this, this, is, this is Diversified, Diversified game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. It's Kellen. And today, all the way from Nigeria, I have writing royalty for you guys. You saw the introduction in the beginning. This entrepreneur is doing something that I don't even know if Americans can do anymore when I read like the Wall Street Journal and, and stuff. Sabi writers, we need them. We, we need writers who are even over Sabi. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I have the chief, Chief Obogo, and he's going to give us the game on how he started his company of writers and what type of writing they do, who they write for, and how you can take advantage of their knowledge of the English. They've mastered the English, uh, you know, lexicon. So, Chief, welcome to the show. How are you doing, brother? Um, I'm good. Thanks for inviting me. It's always a pleasure for me to appear on a show like this being hosted by you know someone like you so i really appreciate the invite and it's always a great honor to see and hear what other africans across the globe are doing so i want to say kudos to, to what you are doing with your, your platform oh thank you thank you i'm i'm just i'm just wanted to highlight stories like yours because you know growing up having a love for writing people don't always tell you they don't always tell you that you can make a living off this. So how did you start, you know, your company and where did you get your love of writing from? Oh, okay. Um, the story, the story is long. It's, it's, it dates way back. Um, I'll try to be as much brief as I can. So um, I, I grew up in a ghetto side of um, Lagos, Nigeria. They call it Ajegule. Um, Ajegule is, uh, is a ghetto side. So, um, I grew up with my family, my parents, my siblings. And when I was growing up, I always had this dream to be a banker. So I went to school and studied banking and finance in my uh, first degree. But down the road, I think in my third year, uh, that dream changed. And I realized that I didn't want to be a banker anymore. So by the time I graduated, I had already developed love for public speaking, training, and things like that. So I called my parents after graduation and, um, you know, in the room and I said, you know what, I have something I'd like to discuss with you. They sat down and they asked me, so what's it? And I told them that, look, uh, I don't want to be a banker anymore. They were, they were a bit shocked because you have spent four years in school studying that particular um, program. And just after they were waiting for you, just while they were waiting for you rather um, to get a job in a bank and start taking care of them the African way, uh, you, you now broke the news that you don't want to be a banker anymore. So, you know, they asked me, so what else, what, what next do you have in your plan? 
And I told them that, look, um, I want to be getting to training. I want to be, be a public speaker. Um, my parents are not schooled. They didn't go to, they didn't, uh, they are not quote unquote uh, educated. So they really d- did not understand um, what that career path meant at that time. Well, as a parent, or uh, as parents, they decided to pray for me and approve me. And I, then I traveled out of Lagos to go start off in, a, in this eastern part of Nigeria called Enugu State. I went there and I was there for three, four years. But cut a long story short, nothing was working. I was struggling. My business eventually, um, the business I was managing at that time in Enugu eventually collapsed. And I was broke. I was, you know, close to depression. I was having suicidal thoughts. Things were really, really terrible at that time. So I had to pack my bags, you know, with tails in between my legs. I moved back to my family house in Lagos after four years with nothing to show for it. Not a pen, not a penny in my pocket, nothing. And it was quite embarrassing because I, you know, it's practically looked, you know, and felt that like I've failed. Um, but thank God for the kind of parents I had. So they welcomed me back. They, they brushed me up, just like the return of the prodigal son, they were willing to you know, take me back in. So I was stuck there. And, you know, the question of, so what do you do now? How do you sort out yourself? You can cry all day about your failure, but at the end of the day, you must learn how to pick yourself back up and, you know, find a way, you know, to move ahead. So eventually I started, man, you know, working with a friend in his office, you know, days turned into weeks after months. Got a long story short. I had this break. I had this family that I stumbled across in Lagos and they invited me to come train their employees. I trained their employees after a while and then they paid me a certain amount and it was a breakthrough. I moved out of my family house and then rented my own apartment. And during that same period, I had this friend, I think in UK, and she was having it. She wanted to release her book. She wanted to publish her book. But she was having problem sticking you know, at that time to get, her, to get the book out. So I told her, I, I encouraged her, and I said, you know what? Since you are having struggles with getting your book out, writing the book, why don't I become your accountability partner? Let me partner with you, just holding you accountable to ensure that you get this goal achieved. And she liked the idea. She said, okay, no problem. Let's, let's get it done. So I will set you know, a, a timeline for her. I will give her some assignments. You know. But then after two weeks or three weeks, she was still stuck. She would tell me, you know, so I'm very busy. I've not been able to do this thing you asked me to do. And then I looked at her and I said, you know what, let me, let, let me make another proposition to you. How about you tell me what you want to write and I do the writing for you. I said, wow, that's good. And I think that will help too. Wanted to write and I'll help her. I was helping her do, you know, do the writing. And then I realized something. The speed of the work increased. She became, her dream was coming alive. And then you could see that I was, you know, she was even giving me solid feedback about the quality of my writing, which also confirmed the fact that, hey, you know what, you're a good writer. And then like an Erica moment at that point, it struck me. And I was like, you know what? I think there are so many persons who have this kind of problem. They have things they want to write, or maybe they don't even have the skill to write. So the idea started forming in my head. And then I went into a research mode. I researched across Africa, you know, down here, also down here in Nigeria, and I did not see the model that reflected the kind of thing that I had in mind. And I said, you know what, you know, like Mahatma Gandhi said, be the change that you want to see. 
If you can't find it, then create it. So that is how we started. We started from my bedroom, actually, a small space. Myself and my friend, who today is my co-founder, you know, we, we were just in my bedroom with just a table and a chair. And then we started from there, zero clients, zero money um, from anybody. And then but we had big dreams. So we started building from there. We grew from my bedroom and then we moved to my sitting room. And then from my sitting room, you know, it was, it was, <laughs> it was crazy, man. Because back then, I remember when we moved from my bedroom to sitting room, and I was using my sitting room as an office. If you called me back then when I was in my sitting room, I would tell you that I was at, I was at the office. If you called me while I was in the bedroom, I would tell you that I was at home. So depending on how you look at it, you know, because the two spaces were, were, were being utilized by, by me for both, you know, private um, in habitation and then business. So from there we grew today. Um, we are where we are today for as a leading voice in the writing space in Africa. So I give God glory. And, so and, I'm, glad, I, and I'm glad that you, you know, you went through that road because even when talking to um, Africans prior to doing this interview or just in general conversation, I say I'm going to interview an entrepreneur from Nigeria who has made a living in writing. And you know what people say? And this is yeah. not just an American thing. They say what? Like you mean the pr- the letters saying, "Hey, my family is in need. My family. Yeah. Um, oh, we are. We can make you rich. Are we have a check? Are are they are they writing for students? And is that a form of plagiarism? And I say this to those Africans who ask me that. I say, why is it even our own? Why the b- business you just laid out is so beautifully laid? And there's no 419 involved. But the fact that people, because they hear Nigeria and they say, oh, writing, they figure that it just it just automatically, if you would have said Finland, they would have thought something different. How much, how have you worked out to say we are trustworthy and we are really, you know, we are doing the work um, that God has blessed us with and that it is not anything nefarious. How have you fought that? Because I know that's been a struggle because I'm hearing it. So if I'm hearing it, I know you're hearing it. So I need you to tell all the haters, you know, how they need to change their mind and and, and just give them the game on that because it, it bothers me so much. <laughs> I, I can understand what, what, what that means. Um, I understand the stereotype, I understand and sometimes stereotypes could be formed in two ways. Stereotypes could be formed based on experience, and um, stereotypes could be formed based on um, transfer by association. And what that means is, um, you know, you have never experienced a Nigerian before, but somebody transferred a certain mindset to you because you, you know this person and they tell you, oh, Nigerians are like this or like they are like that, and then you begin to believe. And for me, one of the ways that I've used to counter people's belief or stereotype towards me or anything that I do is based on results. You can give rhetorics, you can try to defend yourself as much as possible, but the easiest way is to deliver results. And that's one thing that has stood out for us here in Sabi Writers, um, the results we deliver. Sometimes I know there is a part of what we do that requires orientation and education because it seems like it is new in this world, in, in this part of the world, um, people don't really understand what it means for somebody to, as a matter of fact, before now, writing has been commonized. 
you know, people see writing as, you know, one, one of the things you do, you know, as a hobby or, uh, you know, by the side. It's, it's not something that one can build a profession out of. That's what their idea has always been. So there's that orientation and education on our part to keep engaging with our prospect so that they understand the value that we bring to the table. That's on the one side. On the other side is ensuring that when they trust you enough to engage you, to pay you or to give you a platform, you deliver. So for example, you trust me enough to give me your platform to come speak today. If I come today and I don't deliver logical, compelling, and clear you know, session with you, then you will never invite me again. Somebody that sees this interview will say, you know what, uh, this thing is actually true. There's no need believing these guys. But if I come here and I deliver results, I deliver value, it is now a case of your belief versus my value. Choose one. Most times, most times, the value wins. So when people have certain belief, when you deliver value, you go along, it goes a long way to change their belief towards you. So I don't struggle with trying to change people's um, perception on how they see Nigerians or how they see right. And I just ensure that I constantly deliver value um, in everything I do. And that, you know, is an easy way for us to, you know, to get them to believe. And in delivering the value, is there a um, point where you tell a client, we can't write that for you because you know, we're actually doing your whole um, doctoral work for you because I want people also to kind of know, you know, what the barriers are, if any. You don't have to follow any of the U.S. laws, right? It's not mm -hmm. for you to say, oh, this law in America says I can only write this much percentage of your paper. I can only edit it. But I um, right now we see on the news People are targeting students here saying they're getting other people to write their papers. And it's very clear. I've been a professor. It's very mm -hmm. clear when somebody is not um, has a student, you know, who cannot put this paper together, wrote this paper. You know it. Even if you teach high school, you know your students. So is there ever a time where you say, no, we can't write that for you? Yeah, of course, there are jobs that we don't take up. Certainly, there are jobs that... Uh, you know, we don't take up based on um, it is outside our demography of the client who have approached us and say, okay, we would like you to do this. And we, we, we politely decline. It's not just about survey writers. It's a general concept in business. You are not out to serve everybody. If you are out to serve everybody, you certainly collapse. So there are businesses or there are jobs we don't take up. There are also jobs that we don't take up based on how um, how busy or how engaged our um, timeline is within that period. Say, for example, we have clients who have booked us for the next six months and, and they, you know, we are booked for that period and a client comes with a job and says, you know what, I need it in two weeks. The client is willing to pay more, but based on integrity's sake, and you know that this is not actually, you will not be able to deliver on that tax. It doesn't make sense for you to say, okay, well, you know what, pay me, we'll deliver, and at the end of the day, you don't. So we don't accept such job as well. And then there are also jobs that question our ethical beliefs that we don't accept. Um, we, we, of course, we can't draft legal agreement for you. We, we don't have, we advise you to go. In fact, there's a client that engaged us on their website, um, and they wanted us to write their terms and condition on that website. 
and we have to look into that legal aspects of your business. We don't deliver um, legal contracts because even survey writers as a company have its own lawyer. So things like that, any job that question our ethical stand, um, we, we shy away from those kind. Okay, so the so, so the you have your yeah the DM yeah no I, I I hear you well and if anybody hears any breakage or choppiness understand ten years ago this conversation could not be had and we do our best to um you know have it edited up so you don't hear the pause if there's any let me ask you what is your community give back with this business because you've been able to hire people but I'd like to know your community give back that you are doing or that you would like to do in the future as the success grows? Okay, so um, Sabi Writers is three years. Um, three years is our systematic approach to our, to anything that we do. We execute this, you know, we, we are not out to please anybody. We are out to grow the company in such a way that it impacts not just the employees, the shareholders, but also the society in general. So we are taking everything that we are doing in phases. And, for the first phase, we wanted to ensure that we have a company and you know achieve what we call a product market fit at you know year one. We wanted to be sure that people it is something they need. We're able to test that in year one. Year two, we're concerned about building the team, you know, building the team, ensuring that we get the right people on board into the company. Year three, we are concerned about systems and structures, putting all the systems and structure and corporate governance in place to ensure that the company runs properly. Now we are currently thinking on a, you know moving to the next phase, which includes um, our community-based projects. Um, so we have what we call Sabi Team. I think last month, um, Sabi Heroes, it falls into what we call the Sabi Week. Sabi Week has different, you know, the programs, uh, you know, involved. We have the Sabi Getting where we take our employees out, just unwind and recharge for after, you know, a hard day's work or, you know, after the host Heroes. Sabi Heroes is how do we begin to impact society in the form of give back so we are looking at training young children on content writing going to schools you know running programs for them um you know inviting them for facility to just because there are so many young children who have passion or who are already not seeing the idea of being able to match what they have in mind and somehow they can't even articulate it because they are children but when they see what other persons are doing, when they come to Sabi uh, facility, for example, and you see other writers, they'll be inspired. And look, this thing I'm thinking, I want to, mommy or daddy, I want to grow up and become a writer someday. Or we go to secondary schools, primary schools, you know, to teach them. We volunteer, you know, some of our um, our time to go teach them there. Or we have, you know, have these young people come as intern to come learn in our facility. So we have something like and so. So with that, how do you then teach the parents that if your child wants to be a writer, they will not be perpetually poor? Because that's not a career that especially an African, especially a Nigerian parent is going to tell their child to go into. They're going to say, become a doctor, become a nurse, become a you know lawyer, all the things that people are known. Um, how do you train the parents to say this is a lucrative career? I think when I think when a parent even comes to our facility, the mere fact that they come to see what we have done here will be a, a mind shift for them. When they come and see, 
anyone that walks into this fa uh, facility because we are, we are redefining the game. We don't believe that writing is not a profession. We don't, believe, we don't even believe that writing is just a hobby that people do on the side. No, writing is the main thing. People can be professional writers. People can work in a writing company just like you're working an oil company or you're working in a bank or you're working an engineering firm or you are uh, you know, a pilot. There's no difference. It's just different expression of gifts and skills. It's the same thing. But we can't just sit or stand on the stage and keep shouting that writing is not a profession. Writing is a profession, right? You know, you guys need to trust and believe in writers. No, we have to show them what we are saying. And that is why we invested so much in ensuring that we have a good facility for our writers, our editors, and whoever that is working in the company, you know, can come and just do what they love. So the mere fact that they can, you know, if I meet a parent, for example, and the parent is doubting what we are doing, I will just throw you an invite. I say, please, can you come to our office? You know, just come, you know, just come and see. I'm willing to host you. When you come, I bet you, when you come, your mindset will be shifted. You begin to see writing from a different perspective. I've had people who have had radio personalities, who have had politicians, we have had CEOs, we have had, you know, managers coming to our facility and they are, wow, we have had, recently we had an, um, a, one of our movie actors in Nigeria who was looking for script writers for his movies and he came to our facility, He's, he found our address online and then just, you know, did a cold visit, you know, he didn't tell us he was coming, he only got to the office building and said he, he's around that he would like to see us. And then by the time he walked in, he screamed. And guess what he said? He said, you guys are not promoting yourself well enough that I can't believe that you guys have something like this here. And nobody knows about it. I said, actually, people know about it. And somehow we have been able to, for the past three years, build quietly, and it was deliberate. We wanted to ensure that we had something solid. We didn't want to just set up the company and then go all out in the market square and start telling everybody. And then when they come, we have nothing to show. So we're building quietly. But trust me, if anybody that is doubting what we're doing, let the person, every, every touch point, you can go on social media, Instagram, you can go to our website to check us out. And if you really want to fly down to Lagos, Nigeria to come check us out, we are real. This is not, uh, I'm not working from home. This is, this is an office. I'm in my office right now. And other talents in the company, they're all in different offices doing their thing. You know, so it's real. It's not... Uh, <laughs> it's not Skype. It's real. So, so this person sounded like a big man in Nigeria who had a, a, a an opinion. So, did you quote to him Matthew six twenty one and say, "For where your treasure is, there so your heart be also"? And tell him, put his since you have a heart for what I'm doing, put your yeah. treasure into this. Since we're not promoting, and you help us promote, because you know, black people globally, we all have an opinion about something, and you can say that about people, but I. Want to focus on us because I want to make something very clear. You mm -hmm. cannot criticize in our community without having a solution. If you have no solution, and then if someone you see someone doing something well, support that person if that's where your your heart is, and you see that they're doing something that's impactful. Whether you're mm -hmm. in Lagos, Abuja, or if you're on Abbey Road, support. We need that. We need that because what you're doing, you could have quit three years ago 
and you kept pushing. And now people are seeing your vision because you're a visionary. They have to catch up, you know, and you, you did it with very little support from, from anybody. Now, mm. where can people go to find your services? Because I want to be a person of my word and not keep you too long. Um, but where can they go to find your services? Because we know, I know in this country, they're looking for somebody like yourself and your company. So let, let me give you, let me give everyone, if you're listening to me or you're watching us in, in this session, let me give you a backdrop. Let's assume you are a CEO and you have a speech to deliver somewhere in any of the conferences around the world. And you're very busy as a CEO, you don't have the time to sit down to write your speech, but you want to deliver a resounding start the time. So you need writers to help you get it done. Sabi Writers is the company to call. You have a book that you want to write and you don't have the time, call on us. Maybe, or you're a man or a woman, you want to write a love letter to your spouse or your girlfriend or your boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> And you have the idea, but you don't know how to articulate it in a more creative, romantic, and compelling way. You can always call on us. Or you want to write a tribute um, to a friend, or your boss is celebrating his birthday or her birthday, and you want to write a special thank you birthday message to your employer, you can always call on us. Or maybe, just maybe, you know, you want to write, say, an article for your blog. You have a blog and you have not been consistent, but you need periodic you know, block content, you know, with strong SEO, you know, optimized from um, Lagos, Nigeria. But our plan is to be able to get fiscal operations in other African countries so that we can create more platforms for young writers across the continent. There are so many young writers who want to write and who love to write and they want to build a profession around writing. All they are seeking is a platform. So we believe that through our Pan-African mission and vision, we'll be able to create such platform for young Africans in different strategic countries in the continent. So we are looking at Ethiopia, we're looking at Rwanda, you know, countries like that where we can set up fiscal operations to create more job opportunities as editors, designers, illustrators, you know, and so on. But right now, we're, we're in Lagos, but we serve clients across Africa and beyond. So we have clients in Cameroon, we have clients in you know, UK, we have clients in US, we have clients in Germany, you know, in different parts of the world, and we'll preach from here. 95% of our clients, 95% of our clients have not met us. As a matter of fact, 98% of us don't even know me. They don't know me. They don't even know who the founder or CEO or subwriters is. <laughs> And I think I like it that way because it makes me, it makes, it, you know, it puts the brand. It is the brand, the company. That, okay. So you can get us in Lagos. You can reach us on our website. Well, our website is www.sabiwriters.com. Sabiwriters.com. Sabiwriters is spelled S-A-B-I-W-R-I-T-E-R-S.com. Or you can reach us on our phone lines. You know, you can go to our website. Our phone lines uh, are there. Um, and, you know, or our Instagram page, Facebook, we are very active on social media. Um, you can always reach us in any of those uh, channels. You guys have our been blessed. office address. We have our full office, office address. Well, on all our platforms, there's nothing we're hiding. The address is there. We're a corporate organization. We pay our taxes. We do everything. You know, we have our employees who work full time from our corporate office. So it's, it's, the high, it's not hype. 
is real. It's it's real and it's a real beautiful website that they have. So links are that are in description, whether you are listening or watching wherever you're at, you can see the website, beautiful case studies. You guys, I only bring you premium stuff because that's all that I deal with premium and luxury. Uh, brother, I love what you're doing and appreciate you. You guys share the game. Be blessed. Hi, guys. I'm Kai Gabiam from the Diaspora channel, a lover of Africa. If you love Africa as well and you would love to visit one day or to relocate to Africa, there is a course out there for you. And this course is my first trip to Africa, a course well put together by a seasoned traveler, Kellen Cash Coleman. This course is designed to prepare you to travel better, which will save you both time and money. And the great news is this course cost only $20 guys it can't get any better go right now and enroll to this course at www.diversifygame.com don't miss out Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversify Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifyGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.